Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hello. At this point, I should not be surprised to realize that there is no subject too small or detail of life too minute to be dignified by the eye and pen of a poet. You know, in fact, that I tend to celebrate those poems that are about ordinary, everyday things. Um, And yet, sometimes I still am surprised by a poem when I read it and I think, sheesh, I would not have thought that there could be a poem about that. Maybe not because it's something so small that it's about. Maybe just because the poem is about something that I instantly recognize as being true of me or of life, but I never would have thought to put it into words. It's really fun when that happens. And that is a theme that ties the three poems that I brought together today. They're all poems that did that to some extent. Not necessarily recently, but at some point in my life, poems that I read and I had that startled. Huh. Never would have thought of that as being the topic of a poem. The first one is by A.E. Stallings, and I brought you a poem of hers in episode 19. She's a classicist and writes quite formal poetry. The one I'm going to read to you today, every line has exactly six syllables, and the stanzas have four lines, and there's a lot of perfect rhyme. So you'll be able to hear that it's a little more formal and rhymey than a lot of stuff that I've brought to you so far. Um, This poem, to put it bluntly, is about someone who, as she ages, finds herself preferring pencils to pens. And that's true of me, so it caught my attention when I read this poem the first time. But of course, in poems, little things hold bigger things inside of them. So even the choice of a writing utensil does, like in this poem, an awareness that black and white aren't always as crisp as they used to be, that mistakes play an important role in creativity, that a person should maybe be slow to think her ideas are ready to be put down in permanent form. All of these sound like wisdom as I'm saying them, but they also in the poem, I think, are expressed as a sort of loss. Um, And that's a lot to fit in a pencil poem. I'm going to read it as slowly as I can make myself read it, because I'm only going to go through it once. And I hope you enjoy. This poem was published in The Atlantic. It's called Pencil by A.E. Stallings. Once you loved permanence, indelible you'd sink your thoughts in a black well, and called the error ink. And then you crossed it out. You canceled as you went. But you craved permanence and honored the intent. Perfection was a blot that could not be undone. You honored what was not, and it was legion. And you were sure, so sure, but now you cannot stay sure. You turn the point around and honor the erasure. Rubber stubs the page, the heart a stiletto of lead, and all that was black and white is in between instead. All scratch, all sketch, all note, all tentative, all tensile, 
line that is not broken but pauses with the pencil, and all choice multiple, the quiz that gives no quarter, and time, the other implement that sharpens and grows shorter. The next poem I have is by Stephen Dunn. You've heard some of his poems already, but he is really the master, at least one of the masters, of writing about those big things that you can find inside the littlest things in life. And in fact, I read someone say that about him in the New York Times, so I didn't even make that up. I'm just stealing it today because it works. So when I was Googling around to try to find this poem and typed in Stephen Dunn, um, Stephen Dunn obituary was one of the search for terms that it made available for me and I learned that Stephen Dunn did pass away this year, just in June. So the last time I posted one of his poems was around that time and I just wasn't aware until today that he had died. I'm so thankful for the times that I was able to hear him read. I mean, he was on the East Coast and I lived in California, so it's pretty cool that several times I was able to hear him read and he was a wonderful reader reading his own poetry. And as I mentioned before, I was able to have the honor of having him as a writing mentor in a workshop that I went to for a week um, and enjoyed that time with him too. He wasn't young at that point and was past, I think, the um, past the point of wanting to humor mediocre writers. So he liked me. He said my presence there was a pleasure and I remember he kissed my hand, but he thought my poetry had a long way to go. And he was right. And I learned that that week, actually. I was by far the youngest person in my group. I think I was maybe 22 something like that. Most other people were more of a retirement age. And I just looked around and thought, wow, I have a lot of growing up to do. And maybe writing poems is not a young person's sport, at least for me. Now, young people can be good writers. Not trying to be discouraging about that. I just took great encouragement from realizing maybe if I just do some living for a couple decades, I'll be at a point where this works better for me than it's working right now. And I found great hope in that and kind of amazement <laughs> at how much my efforts paled compared to others. So I have a lot of special memories about him and they were brought up this morning when I saw the news of his passing. Now this poem is not maybe one of his greatest, but a perfect example of writing about something so small. It's about a relationship that never even happens. It's about strangers. Would you think there could be a poem about that? Of course, of course there could be. And I read this a long time ago and there's a couple lines that have stayed with me ever since. So when I was thinking about this theme, it seemed like an obvious contender. This poem's called On the Way to Work by Stephen Dunn. It starts with a little epigram um, seen on a bumper sticker that says, life is a bitch and then you die. And this is the poem. I hated bumper stickers, hated the notion of wanting to be known by one glib or earnest thing. But this time I sped up 
to see a woman in her forties, cigarette, no way to tell how serious she was, to what degree she felt the joke, or what she wanted from us who'd see it, philosophers all. If I'd had my own public answer, new hope for the dead, the only sticker I almost stuck, I would have driven in front of her and slowed down. How could we not have become friends, or the kind of enemies who must talk into the night, just one mistake away from love? I rode parallel to her, glancing over as one does on an airplane at someone's book. Short, straight hair, no makeup. A face that had been a few places and only come back from some. At the stoplight, I smiled at her, then made my turn toward the half-life of work, past the placebo shops and the beautiful park, white like a smokescreen with snow. She didn't follow, not in this bitch of a life, and I had so much to tell her before we die, about what I'd done all these years in between, under and around truths like hers. Who knows where we would have stopped? The lines that have stuck with me from this forever are how could we not have become friends or the kind of enemies who must talk into the night just one mistake away from love. I've had enemies like that. In fact, I think the people who drive us kind of bonkers sometimes have more in common with, with us than we think. And I think the kind of people that you just get into it with and <laughs> have to keep talking even though friendship feels elusive. Oh, there can be some love there. Or love that just one mistake away. Let's see, what's my last one? Oh, it's in a book. Here it is. It's a Jane Kenyon poem. <laughs> Surprise. And it's about writing a poem. I know there's a lot of art about art and poems about writing and all sorts of meta stuff like that, but it's always a fun little surprise to read one that manages to be about what it is, to be about itself. So if the little thing this poem about is about writing, the big thing it's about is the mystery involved in it, the feeling sometimes of obedience to some sort of calling outside of yourself and the feeling of writing to find out what you think or need to say. There's a lot of mystery there. I don't even want to talk about it too much because I think this poem will do it better than I can. I'm going to read it and let it have the last word here today. It's short. I don't want you to be surprised when the end comes too quickly. It's 11 short lines. It's called Who by Jane Kenyon. These lines are written by an animal, an angel, a stranger sitting in my chair, by someone who already knows how to live without trouble among books and pots and pans. Who is it? who asks me to find language for the sound a sheep's hoof makes when it strikes a stone? And who speaks the words which are my food? Part of my vision for this podcast was to have it be interactive. 
I pictured a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. If there's a poem that has done some action in your everyday life, surprised you, delighted you, or maybe just more quietly worked its way into your bones, you know I would love to hear about it. Email me at takethispoempodcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. Maybe you can join me in sharing it with others as well.